Hi guys, it's Kara, host of Everyone's Business But Mine. And let's be real, one thing that makes the show possible is by selling sponsorships to advertisers. One way you can support us in getting more sponsors is by telling us a little bit more about yourself. You can do that by filling out a quick survey at the link in the show description. Plus, your answers are anonymous. They'll help us learn what you love most about the show and how to make it even better. The questions will ask you about the things that help advertisers understand the audience. It'll only take a few minutes, and it's an easy way to help the show. So you can find the link in the show description. Thank you so much, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is the coolest proposal of all time. And the fact that we were fighting all day and then I would say yes just goes to show that our relationship is a little bit like that, you know? Even if we fight, we still love each other at the end of the day. Welcome to another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine with me, Cara Berry, 90 Day Fiance The Other Way Finale Edition. I could have swore that last week was the finale, but we're here, and I thought this was a great final episode. I really, really did. We didn't have to deal with Cheese Dick and Melissa. So, hello, let's celebrate that. <laughs> Everybody had like a pretty good wrap up to their stories. So I think I'm going to start with the best, the most consistently great, even though there was still, you know, just a little splash of um, ignorance, we'll say, happening with Armando and Kenny. So Armando finally gets the email back from the Human Rights Office. They've been waiting on an answer, but because COVID hit, everything, you know, we all know the story. All the offices got backed up. Everything took longer than they needed to. I'm hoping that during this time in which Kenny's talking about how great it was to have all this free time and to really get to know Hannah, sweet princess Hannah and Armando and, you know, have all this quality time with his new family that, you know, maybe he just opened his purse and signed up for a Duolingo. I don't think that's what happened, but I'm hoping it did. Um, 
Armando has called the office. He tells us so many times that they have told him to stop calling. So <laughs> he's very excited when he finally gets the email. Turns out, thank God, thank Beyonce, the everything went through. And all they have to do is take the paper, uh, the letter of approval that they got from the human rights office and go about their business as usual as a couple in love, trying to get married, no hurdles in their way. Everything is great. Solved case. So they go to Queen Hannah's room and I don't remember her bedroom looking that fly. She's got like a nice big sign that says Hannah on the wall and it's pink and white and it's just like a six or seven year old's dream it's so chic love the whole thing that's going on there she is fucking thrilled that she's getting a new daddy uh you know yo estoy feliz okay she is stoked she gets to be the flower girl in the wedding she's so happy mas amor Nothing could be greater. She and her Barbies are going to have a fucking lit party later that afternoon. Okay. She's going to be practicing the wedding. Probably drawing what kind of dress she gets. I don't believe that they're married yet, but everybody's very happy. I've seen videos of them, you know, doing very like TikTok corny couple dance challenges with one another. They seem thrilled, you know. Yo estoy feliz as well, okay? So <clears throat> later we see Kenny and Armando go out on the beach. They're both wearing, you know, matching ensembles, white button-down t-shirts, and like skinny little khakis. Kenny brought out the the champagne and a blanket, and they're just like giving you everything that we don't deserve. I deserve it. Do you guys? I don't know. You're just going to have to let me know what kind of people you are. I think I deserve it, though. And I'm sure most of you do as well. Um, they're just so happy. They're so thrilled with their lives. Armando is like a beautiful butterfly that has been allowed to bloom because of Kenny's love. He is just so happy to have Kenny in his life, to be able to live his truth, and to be out there and honest, and he's like a totally different man now. He is, you know, doesn't even care that they're on this beach with plenty of people who can see them, express their love. He's fine. He's able to live honestly, and this is like the best days of his life, okay? Raise your glasses high. This one's for you tonight, Kenny and Armando. I'm so happy. Then all of a sudden, two cowboys come out from wherever the hell with an extra horse. And Kenny's like, babe, I surprised you with some horseback riding. And Armando's like, I love you. This is pretty gay and kind of like Brokeback Mountain, but I'm into it. And then we see them just take off in the sun. Like two beautiful human beings and love. He's still got to work out the stuff with his family, but it seems like everything is fine with them. as fine as we can expect them to be. And I love that. So now we got to move into the chaos, y'all. So let's do it. Let's move on to Ariella and Binyam. Ugh. I don't have to deal with Ariella anymore. 
I listen to really just one other podcast and they're very pro Ariella. Well, maybe not pro Ariella, but they really see her side in a way that I can't because I'm a hater, y'all. I don't like her and I don't like that I've had to be subjected to her. And so this is a beautiful day for me that I don't have to talk to her about her anymore. I don't even know if they are getting a tell-all. I never saw a commercial for one and I know that we're just going straight into 90 day next week so I guess y'all let me know if you guys saw a tell-all because I'm just assuming that there wasn't one. I refuse to check but if you saw it holler at your girl and let me know. I'll watch it probably. Um, So it is this special orthodox holiday in Ethiopia called Timcot where they're going to be celebrating the baptism of Jesus. Ariella, Ariella tells us that she is fully aware that it's going to be a huge celebration with people coming from all over nearby towns. She is aware that this is a big deal with a lot of people. Okay. There's singing. There's going to be people spraying holy water out into the crowd. There's a um, a tradition in which if a guy likes you, he throws a lemon at you. And if you like him back, you catch it or you throw it back at him. I'm not sure, but there's lemon throwing. Okay. Citrus being thrown. Um, Binyam is also, for some reason, planning on proposing. This seems to be like a very big day. You know, Binyam operates kind of like me, just on a general wave of four. <laughs> Good or bad, can't really tell. He's just chilling, living his life. But he seems actually pretty excited about the celebration and the eventual proposal, right? So Ariella seems to also be very excited about this until she gets there. Now... I feel like I know Ariella. We all know Ariella enough to know that a whole big crowd of people with her precious Avi, who's a month old, is probably not going to be the vibe for her. But she was so excited when she got there until she realized how many people, knowing damn well that I will tell her, I will give credit where credit's due. I think that there have been several times where maybe Binyam has not been forthright about the situation. Maybe not as, you know, uh, uh, you know, not as explanatory of the situation as he should have been. Knowing that Ariella is a woman who runs, you know, like America runs on Duncan, Ariella runs on anxiety and chaos. So it seems like this time though, I can't give her that half a point that I usually give her every episode because it seems like she very well knew that it was going to be a fuck ton of people. Okay. It's a hot day, Ethiopia. It's a religious holiday. I don't know what she thought this was going to be, but it was a bunch of people They're all crowded up with each other. I don't know why she thought this was going to be a bunch of people like hanging out in the park, socially distanced, wasn't the case. So she gets there and she's like, 
I want to hold Avi because Binyam's holding him and the baby Bjorn and now she wants to take control of the situation and hold the baby and she doesn't want him to get too wet from this holy water that's being sprayed out on the crowd and she's very upset. Okay. <laughs> this fucking killed me when Binyam said <laughs> that he thinks the reason why she is upset because there's an evil spirit that lives inside of her. That didn't want to get touched by the holy water. Y'all. That is hilarious. <laughs> so then Ari keeps talking about how Binyam's pushing her boundaries. She wants a baby. She wants to be able to enjoy the holiday. But not at the expense of everyone else. Which like I don't even know what she means by saying that. But that's exactly what she said. Binyam finally shows a bit of anger. He, to me, has shown a great deal of restraint this entire time when she's snatching that baby out of the hospital and leaving no explanation when, according to his sister, he's just, she is just yelling at him out on the street and it's a bad look for this white lady to be yelling and going off on this man in public in the middle of Africa and he has been very good with her very patient very quiet this time you could see you know he's still not yelling at her but he's hit his limit he's about to apol- uh, to propose to this woman he's this is like a special celebration a religious holiday it's supposed to be this like beautiful day where everything good happens and everybody's wearing white and this like rainbow colored accoutrement and he's pissed. And I get it. I get it. <clears throat> hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Ari thinks that the fact that he's mad... No, excuse me. Binyam thinks that Ari is being annoying and selfish. And is like, I don't even know if I want to propose to this woman anymore. So then they walk away. Ari goes to feed the baby he has like a brother or something who has a bar near all the celebrations. So she ducks behind the bar and is like feeding Avi. And finally, he walks away. Binyam walks away. And Ari finally thinks, you know, maybe I went about this in the wrong way. Okay? Maybe when I told Binyam... That he was wrong for bringing our son here and that it only takes one person to smack this baby in the head and then he's permanently damaged and that it's not about him. You know, is she necessarily wrong? No, 
things could happen, but things could happen anywhere. Things could happen at the Trader Joe's in Princeton, New Jersey. Accidents happen. I just feel like she's constantly saying everything that bad that could potentially happen with this baby is Binyam's fault for emotionally and psychologically manipulating her into these situations that she doesn't want to be in, even though she knows pretty much before she gets into the situation what the deal is for the most part. Fine. Fortunately, we have growth, we have a breakthrough, and Ariel is like, you know, maybe I should stop talking to him like a child and more like a partner. Okay? So, she goes to find Binyam, and he is so overwhelmed with gratitude and happiness that she has hugged him and says, I love you, and is like trying to smooth the situation over without really talking about it, and that's probably going to come back to haunt you guys, but you know, whatever. He's riding high, and he's like, come with me, I want to show you something, there's a big sign that says, will you marry me, Ariella? And he pulls a lemon out of his pocket and <laughs> had it correctly open up like a ring box with a nice, pretty nice ring. It was a pretty cute ring, I have to admit. So it's a happy moment. I noticed that nobody was really, you know, like, you know, celebrating or clapping for them. They weren't really even making direct eye contact with Ariella. <laughs> but Binyam seemed happy and she seemed happy. And Ari's like, this is really just a testament to our relationship that we can get into a fight all morning long. And yet he still wants to uh, propose to me. And you are absolutely right, Ariella. It is a statement about your relationship, but it's not the one you think. Okay, so let's move on. Moving on to Brittany and Izan. So a heavy Adam the Translator um, storyline for them. And thank God for it. Because if I have to see these people try to communicate through a very complicated family situation that Yazan has, I probably would have lost it. But thank you, Adam. So Brittany invites Adam over to meet up with her and Yazan. Yazan says... Listen, I just, I really don't want Brittany to worry about the fact that, you know, my head is on a fucking platter and that people want to snuff me out. I just need to know what your deal is, how you're feeling about our relationship without the threat of my impending death, which is a fair question. He wants to know, like, do you love me without all of this happening? Brittany's like, first of all, I need you, Yazan, to be completely honest and let me know, like, are you in more danger because I'm even here in Jordan? And Yazan's like, yeah, honestly, my distant relatives are the ones who is causing all the trouble. They're monitoring our social media. They think you're a porn star. They think we're already married and living in sin. And they're sending all these messages back to my dad and making it real hot for me. Okay. And now it's gone from like a distant relative family situation to now the elder, the tribal members in his tribe 
are now involved. And so there has to be some kind of like summit happening with all the tribal elders. And they're basically going to figure out what they need to do with him. Whether they're going to disown Yazan or kill him. So the threat of murder is still very thick in the air with this situation. Yazan, like I said, says, don't focus on the danger. Purely decide whether or not you want to be with me from your heart and not because I'm in this situation. Brittany is like, you know what? I kinda, I'm kind of upset with Yazan for putting us both in hot water. And it's like, no. <laughs> you know, like, they're probably not going to kill you because you're American and it's not really going to be worth all that, to be honest. But the honor killings are not something, from my understanding, that are all that um, uncommon in their culture. I don't want to sound ignorant, but this is just what I've heard. You're you're probably fine, Brittany. It's not a situation of Yazan putting you in a bad, in hot water. He is in hot water because of his relationship with you. And you know what? He probably wouldn't be in hot water, Brittany, if you had just married him from jump. But you couldn't because you lied to him because you were already married and it just couldn't be bothered with going through the divorce. And so rather than just telling him, at least telling the man that you claim that you want to be with, that you're already married and let him get out of the situation of his own volition because you were honest and open with him, you have actually put him in all this hot water by lying to him and saying that you don't want to get married because you want your dad to be there. And oops, my sister popped a baby out of her vagina. Now I got to go off to Chicago. And oops, um, now you got to pay for my flight. Um, oops. Oh, you're in trouble. Now I'm going to shed a couple tears and act real upset about it. Remember that, Brittany? Remember how you were married in the beginning of this? In the middle of it? And now you created more barriers to get it married? And you wanted to act like his family was so crazy and they were so mean to you and that's why? But it was because you were legally married, Brittany. You're the one who put that water on the stove and lit it. So no, we don't, this is not the time to get mad at Yazan for being a stupid dumbass in love with somebody who really has no intention of getting married with him anyway. You could have been honest. And if he had been a dumbass from there, that would have been on him. But that's not the situation, is it? Okay. So anyway, Brittany says she's concerned about his situation, that it's a lot of pressure for her. She also says that she doesn't think that Jordan is the safest place for them. And he's like, okay, what do you want me to do about that? Because here we are sitting on these beautiful Instagrammable steps in Jordan. So what do you want me to do? So it turns out that we find out that Brittany, they had already discussed previously the idea of Yazan possibly moving to America, but Brittany wanted him to prove that he just didn't want to move to America for a green card. And so again, here we are in this mess. Now Yazan makes it very clear. Honestly, 
thinking about going to America, that's not my dream. I've never really considered it that much. And this was not my reason for getting into this relationship. But I love you and I will follow you wherever you want to go. So I will consider going back to America with you. And what do we get? Brittany says, oh, okay. Didn't think that you would say okay to that. So uh, I'm not really ready to marry you now, but the only way you're going to be able to come to America is through the K-1 process, the 90-day fiancé process. And I'm hopeful that, like, you know, it's going to take time to get all that moving. And maybe by the time that happens, I'll be ready to marry you. So we're angling for another season so you can be on TV and try and find up other ways to not marry this man that you know that you don't want to marry and that you had no intention of marrying from jump. I see what you're doing, Brittany, and I do not appreciate it. And I hope that you were not rewarded for it. I don't think they're together anymore. Sorry, spoiler alert. (laughs) But that's seems very transparent of what she was trying to do and I don't like it okay so Yazan's like "Uh, okay I gotta admit that I'm a little bit afraid that you're gonna go back to America and change your mind about me so then they meet up with Adam the translator and Yazan's brother Obida to discuss moving to America and Brittany's like I Just want to let you, Brother Abida, know that if I go to America, that Yasin's going to be safe here in Jordan. And Abida's like, again, like he said before, I didn't even believe that Brittany was serious about this relationship. But if these are the questions that you're asking and these are the things that you want to know... I'm comfortable navigating the situation on behalf of my brother. I know how to deal with our parents and I know what to say and how to talk to them and communicate that this is going to be okay. So then the next day, fortunately for Brittany, (laughs) um, Jordan shuts down because of COVID. So she has to basically leave the next day, two days later, um, because the borders are going to close. So that's it. We see um, Yazan take Brittany off to the airport. They try to f- trick us with this like lovey-dovey music. Even though we know this is probably the last time they're going to see each other face to face. Oh boy, boy, boy. Alright, let's move on to Devin and Jihoon. Not much to really say about them. It's finally the wedding day and Devin is like, "Mm, not really that excited. This whole like American style wedding has been her dream since she's a little girl and she's grateful that Jihoon's parents set this whole thing up, but she's also like, I don't really know anything about how people get married in Korea and also this venue that they picked is real like pump them in, in and out situation and they're only allowed 45 minutes to go through the whole process. 
getting married, getting ready, in and out, on to the next bride and groom. So she's nervous. And it seems like, you know, for a, you know, Vegas style kind of drive through, but much more classy situation, it seems like a high, you know, a high tier operation. Everybody's getting their makeup done. Uh, Alicia is put in a, like a traditional Korean uh, dress. It's a, it's a nice thing. Drusilla's, you know, hair is combed. Okay. Um, Devin looks absolutely beautiful. But she's like, you know, this day really isn't what I imagined. So I'm a little bit disappointed. She's getting her hair done, like last touches on hair and makeup. And there's a bride waiting outside the door. So they kind of have to rush things a little bit. So then we get to the ceremony. And Jihoon is walking down the aisle. (laughs) Trying to hype people up. Doing that, like, pump your arms up to get people to clap for you. Like, this is a damn BTS concert. And it's, he looks handsome, I will say. I like his hair color. But he's just so funny to me. He's so immature. (laughs) But then he, like, counters that when they go through the ceremony with acting like Devin is being, is not being serious enough. Because... They have to like bow to each other at the beginning and she's like, oh, I didn't even know I was supposed to bow. So she bows all far down and dramatic and he's like, girl, be serious. Okay. (laughs) But for a cookie wedding, it was very cute. Jihoon says that Devin looks like an angel, which she does. Excuse me. They get through the ceremony and then they walk to like the end of the aisle and they do a father-daughter dance with Devin and her father and Jihoon dances with Drusilla and by that I mean they're like in a mini wrestling situation in which he basically has to like contain all of that energy that's just coursing through her body at all times to the point where he just picks her up and tries to dance. Jihoon's parents have never seen a dance at a wedding They're frankly, like, this is a little bit lame. We expected the dancing to be, like, a little bit more exciting and happy, but this is more like a slow dance situation. Jihoon looked a little stiff. They had a lot of critiques, okay? This was like (laughs) Bruno Tonioli at the Dancing with the Stars stage. They had a lot of things that they felt like could have been worked on, but overall, a happy day. Alicia was crying at the stage. She's got her little gloves on. Everybody's great. Until we get to March of 2020. And we all know what happened in Korea in March of 2020. They were country two to officially face a countrywide lockdown after China. Things have really taken a toll on Devin and Jihoon's relationship because they Cannot leave that apartment. Drusilla's probably climbed on the walls several times. Never going to get their deposit back. Jihoon's doing his best to play Barbies with them, but it's not working. And at this point, he has completely shut down. Gone to his um, computer games and is not, you know, he's back to his old ways. Not trying to be an active parent. 
to Taeyang and Drusilla and not actively working on his relationship with Devin. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, folks. I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. So Devin has had enough. They've gotten into a bunch of fights. She says that they've both changed. And she's over it. So she makes the decision to take the kids back to America for what was supposed to be a month. We all know what has happened since then. Chaos and negativity. And she takes her ass back to Utah. Jihoon promises no more grumpy when she gets back. But, unfortunately, that's not what happens. She never comes back. She never comes back. And that was the end of them. So, are we on to our last couple? I think we are. Sumit and Jenny. Let's do it. So, we're still in their living room. Sumit's still on his knees, yelling and pleading with his mom about how Jenny is the only person who supports him. Jenny's back in that room fanning herself in the face she says it's too much drama for her and there are way more worse things in life than the fact that she's got old pussy and that she wants to marry this 30 year old man so then Sumit's mom is still she's put her foot down and she's like yo I'm not gonna allow this okay you Sumit don't have to move back in with us, but I'm done with you living with Jenny. It's not happening. You need to figure out a place you want to live. Then she asks, <laughs> she asks me if she if he's proud of himself. And then she turns to Jenny, who's now back in the room, and says, "Do you really like being with somebody who's younger than your daughter?" She keeps yelling, "Shame, shame, shame!" at her. And I've truly, like, I've never seen anybody look so visibly disgusted at the other person. Like, she's horrified. I have not seen this level of disgust since I was at Trader Joe's and there was a man who took the last box of the dark chocolate peanut butter cups. That's a moment for me that I don't want to have to get back to. I'm just trying to illustrate the level of disgust for people who don't actually watch a show but still listen to these recaps. <clears throat> so, Sumit's mom is truly not with the shits. She can't stand Jenny's ass. 
And she lets her know in Hindi every opportunity. She's sick of this woman, okay? And Jenny's like, she is acting like, well, oh, you know, I don't get it because, you know, I stayed here the four months and you were so welcoming to me and you were so nice and we would go shopping together and you would cook for me. And Sumit Salam's like, don't get it twisted, girl. I was treating you nice because you were a guest in my home. Somebody who <laughs> I thought was only going to stay here for a week tops, trying to see the sights and sounds of the, our country. And then you stayed in four months trying to see the sights in Sumit's pants. Okay? I was just being polite. But now that you're out of my house, it's a different story. And I'm going to tell you exactly how I feel, old woman. So Jenny tries to relate. And this I wish that they had asked her about. I wish production had asked her about this. Or maybe I don't, actually. So Jenny says... You know, I have daughters and my daughter married somebody that I didn't approve of, but you know what? I accepted it anyway. And I hope to God that she is not talking about her daughter who is in a relationship with another woman, this couple that took Jenny in, let her live in their home, sleep on their couch go to CrossFit with them, have been on camera being pretty um, cautious about this whole situation, but overall very supportive. They had been bankrolling Jenny's ass for how long between the time she came back from India and decided to leave again. I hope this is not the example that you're trying to make about how you didn't approve of Jen, your daughter's wife, who's been way beyond supportive of you. I hope that's not what you're trying to say, Jenny. I clocked what she said. Anyway, she says, you know, I I didn't approve of who my daughter married, but I accepted it anyway. And so then Sumit's dad is like, oh, so what you're telling me is that you're taking revenge out on your daughter by fucking my son? (laughs) (laughs) And at this point, Jenny's yelling. She's like, oh, there's just no talking to you people. You're so mean to me. And all you do is yell. So then Sumit's mom really gets turned, shall we say. And she says, I'm sick of this shit. Sumit, if you marry Jenny, I'm going to kill myself right now. Right this moment. Ma'am. You're taking things way too far, okay? Way too far. Way too far. This is about the most manipulative shit I've ever seen. And Smith says he completely relents and is like, okay, if you really feel like you're going to kill yourself, even though you said this several times before, I can't take that risk. I don't know if you're being serious or not, but like, I can't take the risk of you even telling me that and possibly meaning it. So because I don't want that on me, I'm not going to marry Jenny. And this wicked little witch looks over at her husband and tries not very hard to not crack a smile. Can you, the emotional 
manipulation jumped out. Oof. Oof. Little monster. No Lady Gaga. So then, Sumi promote, proposes a compromise. Because he's like, I'm not going to give up the love of my life. I will commit to not marrying her. But I'm not going to do all that. I'm not leaving her. And by the way, they're speaking in Hindi. Sumit is not translating a thing. So Jenny's just sitting there fanning her little fan. And that thin blonde hair of hers. She has no idea that Sumit has just committed to not ever marrying her. Can you imagine? And now he's trying to work out a deal so that he can like kind of stay with her. But he, this whole thing that she has been waiting eight years for, she's waited through him being married to somebody else, the $20,000 divorce that she did not pay and now he's in debt for, and now his mom threatened suicide. And he's like, okay, I'm not, party's over, I'm never going to marry her again. And she has no idea. She has no clue. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So, Sumit's dad is like, slightly more reasonable. And he turns to his wife and is like, you know what, just be happy that he said that he's not going to marry her. You know? So then they walk out. And then they do an interview with Sumi's parents and Sumi's dad's like, listen, I think that he's been too influenced by Jenny and her American ways. And I think that he's approaching the situation as though he's an American and he's not. He doesn't live there. He's not going to move there. That's it. So... Then, so it's like, this is a classic case of emotional blackmail on my mom's part. She has threatened this before. And I love my family and I want them to be happy, but not like this. Not like this. So then he goes to Jenny and is like, what did you, you know, glean from this? Did you... What did you take from this conversation? And she's like, well, your mom threatened to kill herself. She doesn't want us to live together. She hates me. (laughs) But that's pretty much it. I'm like, well, you got that. (laughs) So Sumit says, you know, okay, I just want to find another way to keep you in the country because I can't marry you now. And I thought that Jenny seemed uh, pretty fucking chill about the whole situation. Right? Like, she didn't really react in a way that I would have. I mean, Jenny doesn't do anything that I would do for keeping it 100. But I would think that given how upset she has been this whole time, about the fact that he won't marry her and about the fact that he keeps, you know, integrating his family and their feelings into their relationship and how to move forward with their marriage. I just thought she would have been a little bit more upset. I really did. 
So, Sunit's like, you know, maybe we'll try and find a sponsor for you and that's what you can say. Stay and, you know, I'm not going to give up on the relationship until you do. And Jenny's like, listen, this is the third time that I've been to America or to India. And if I have to go back to America, like, I'm not coming back. This is not a fourth time's a charm situation. I'm not coming back again. So then we just see them next scene having a picnic out where they're just cows roaming doing whatever they want which is actually pretty cool and a pretty romantic idea to me (laughs) um but he gets wine because he heard that was romantic he's pulling a kenny right now picnic blanket and some wine and they're trying to figure out how to keep jenny in the country So Sumit's like, you know what? I have a surprise for you. You know, I know you've always wanted a commitment. You always wanted a ring ceremony and the wedding. And I'm not giving that to you anymore, ever. But here's a promise ring. (laughs) Y'all, imagine being 87 years old. You've stayed in this relationship for eight years to at the very moment where things could have turned around for y'all and you could have gotten married without the pressure of having to seek some sort of legal approval from his parents. He just like fucking Charlie Browned you and pulled that football from under your leg as you were trying to kick it. But here's the promise ring. (laughs) I don't know what the promise is because he's already told your ass he's not getting married to you ever. That is so funny to me. That is so, so funny to me. I don't know what happened, you guys. I got to admit, the DVR cut off, so I don't know what... I think there were, like, a couple minutes left. So, like I said, I don't know what happened at the end. I don't know if there was a preview for a tell-all. I could not be bothered. I'm so happy this season is over. (laughs) So... I guess you can let me know. Give me a heads up if there was something important that I missed. But I'm happy to move on to 90 Day next week. So I'll catch you guys next week with an all new episode recapping 90 Day Fiance. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank me for speaking. Say goodbye to Tim and Melissa. Say goodbye to Sumit and Jenny. Say goodbye to Brittany and Yazan. Say three goodbyes to Ariella and baby and the actual baby (sighs) on to the next one. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank me for speaking. (laughs) 